Salutations! And no. welcome <laughs> to the 77th episode of the In The House podcast, the official podcast of Scouts' House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters yeah. group of Louisville City Football Club. I am your host, Evan Floyd, and I am super psyched to be here there tonight. There is. Super psyched not to be jazz, here tonight. Not tickled. There super is psyched. so much going on in the world of Louisville soccer right now, and not the least of which, in fact, the most of which is, it's playoffs time. Yeah. We've been through a whole damn year. We've been up through ups. We've been through downs. Yeah. We've been through sideways moves. Yeah. And we're here. It's we're playoffs here time with a damn home game at Slugger Field. Your game with a home game. I'm super psyched. Yeah. Uh, we've also got a guest tonight. Oh, that guy. Right. Yeah, some right. guy. Uh, we did this exactly right this year. I don't usually pat us on the back here, but I, we did this exactly right. We had Coach Hackworth on the show before yeah. that first game of the season. Yeah. We had him on the show after the 17th game of the season. And now we're having him on the show right before the playoffs, and I don't think we could have done that better. No, it was beginning, beginning middle, middle, end. end. Yeah. Perfect. Coach, thanks for coming. Happy to be here, gentlemen. I kind of can't believe you agreed to come on the show this close to the playoffs. Like, playing e- stuff. Evan, Evan bribed me. He uh, said that, that That's fair. You were that's paying fair. for all the, all the beer we were drinking tonight. Yeah, that absolutely. That is definitely happening. And the man who's paying for all the beer is my partner, who tonight is coming to you live from a back alley parking lot yeah. off Dixie Highway, testing yeah. the structural integrity of various baby equipment. Yes. Andy Frederick. That was good. That was Andy. better than what I said. <laughs> Andy? Good. Yeah. You are uh, you are eight days away from being a dad. Perilously close. Eight days. You are, you're there. Yes. It's a strange thing to schedule your child's birthday because for the rest of their life, good or bad, it's your fault. Well, and, and my wife is kind of annoyed with the way you scheduled uh, young Leo's birthday. Why? You scheduled him on our anniversary. So Leo will be born on my wife and I's oh, fifth anniversary. Yeah. Well, it's- and she says, think about all the birthday parties we'll have to miss. And I was like, uh, yeah, no, I'm good. Oh, 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 we have a goal, and North Carolina is on the board in the 20th minute against Birmingham. We do have... Yeah, we are, we are currently watching... Play-in rounds. The play-in rounds. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so one nothing, North Carolina over Birmingham, which would uh, leave, if that score stood, it would leave the winner of Ottawa and Charleston uh, to face Pittsburgh, which would be our potential opponent. The only one of the four play-in teams that we can't face is North Carolina. So there's that. All right, um, let's start talking about uh, let's yeah, start talking about soccer. And the first piece of news in Louisville regarding soccer is one that is exciting, and I'm amped up about it. And that is. Yesterday, we announced the formation of a NWSL team that will start in 2021. It's super exciting. It's, it's great. And uh, I, we haven't really talked about what the format will be or how we'll do it, but I'm sure we'll talk a lot yeah. in depth. Eventually. A lot about NWSL Louisville. But that is 18 months away. Yeah, it's a long time. We've got Coach Hackworth here. I'm not going to do it tonight. Like, if you want that content, go elsewhere, because tonight we're talking about Lou City playoff soccer. Yeah. Fair? There's not really, to be fair, there's not really even that much content out there besides the, like, what else could you talk about besides the fact that it was a play? Come on. Yeah. No, we're not there yet. And so no, uh, I mean, where we are is playoff time. And, Coach, let's dive straight into it. Yeah. We played a season. You come in fourth place by the end of the year. Uh really a completely respectable 60 points in the bag which is very much in line with the amount of points per game we've been earning mostly throughout uh, the existence of Lou City uh, what were your impressions of the season that's a tough question to describe <laughs> that's um, the most I mean, broad question broad you honestly how was the season um, <laughs> look we there's no doubt we had a lot of challenges um, but I'm really proud of the way that the players, uh, the staff, you know, everybody connected to our club came together and, and fought through adversity, really. And some of those moments were in game, some of those moments were out of game. Uh, but I think it speaks volumes to the group of people that we have because, you know, we, it's not an excuse, it's just that stuff happens that you don't have any control over. Yeah. And when that happened to us, and it happened to us a lot this year, our response was excellent. So um, you look at our form, 
over the last two and a half months and, and us clawing our way back up the table. You know, I think we played the best soccer in the league at the right time of the year. I think we, you know, over this stretch had some really good results against some excellent opponents, home and away. And, uh, you know, now we're, we're sitting in a position to have a home playoff game. And, uh, you know, we're peaking at the right time. So yeah. that's all, uh, you know, after a grind, after a marathon like this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the group of people that I've worked with and the work that they put in. Um, both staff and players, and I feel like we are giving ourselves a really good chance to be successful in the most important part, you know, our four-game season that we uh, are going to start on Saturday. That's a yeah. concise answer to a giant question. I'm yeah. comfortable with that. Um, you mentioned that, you know, that it was a, a marathon of a season. You start this whole thing going, when, when did we report to camp? February? So uh, a really long January. time ago. January. January, sure. reporting to IMG Academy. And uh, so it's been 10 months of uh, just day in, day out grinding. Uh, the players that we have, we've had remarkably low turnover uh, for our, the first five years of this team. The, do you think that some of that resiliency that you talk about comes from the idea that these guys have been through these battles together? Absolutely. There's no question that when you're – trying to fight through difficult times that when you have people who trust each other and relationships that are are strong and um you know they've been through you know battles already they're battle tested if you will there's no question that that is is so important to being able to come through those times and, and be successful in those times we talked at the beginning of the year in our first talk with you we talked a little bit about uh scoring and uh, how when you lose a Cameron Lancaster and an Ilya Illich in the offseason, you lose those two guys who had accounted for such a high percentage of the goals from last year that uh, maybe this was going to be sort of a scoring by committee season and uh, you took a little bit of umbrage at that concept, at that, uh, that phrasing. And uh, we ended up having a leading goal scorer who led the team in goal scoring by quite a bit anyway. So uh, as per usual, I, I was wrong and you were right. No, uh, I, before the year, did you expect <laughs> it to be Magnus Rasmussen who uh, put forward this kind of goal scoring year? All right, look, Evan, first of all... <laughs> I love anything that starts with look at him. It's your name. It's how you know your job. I have to say stuff mm -hmm. at certain times of right. the year. Yeah. So if you go back to before the season started and you would make the point that we were going to be goal scoring by committee, I can't go out and say that publicly. Sure. Like, I would be a fool <laughs> to say that because I'm the guy responsible for replacing, you know, Cam Lancaster, Ilya Illich. Like, and that clearly didn't happen for us in the offseason. And we knew going into it that we were going to have to be a creative team in attacking. And we were going to have to get a share of the, the, the goal scoring workload. I just couldn't say it, you know, <laughs> right. in February. But absolutely, that's what we thought. Yeah. Um, it's how we. And not, not necessarily how we built the team, but how we needed to build it um, with the people coming back. And I think that, you know, in the short term, we definitely suffered a little bit because of that. But in the long run, it became a strength of ours because we leaned on a lot of different guys to come through at a lot of different times. And, and, and you build... Uh, you know, a mentality where there's not just on one guy's shoulder, it's on everybody's. Um, I, you mentioned Magnus, and he's had a great year, and he scored the majority of goals for us. Um, but when I look over it um, on the whole, I think of, you know, uh, Abdu, and I think of Luke, and I think of other guys that have contributed key goals at, at key times. Absolutely. George Davis, you know, scoring against Charleston. Yeah. You know, all these little pieces. We've just been a team that is a really good team and not relying on any one individual. One person, yeah, yeah I, I think that if, I, if I'm if i remembering So you were right, and, and I, was were just, totally right. I was just totally bullshitting <laughs> at the first podcast, which I hope you can appreciate. I absolutely I can. It's what I've done do. for 77 straight podcasts, is as much bullshit as I can. Uh, did we just get a goal here in yeah. this game? It was scored. 
Okay, so uh, Ottawa falls behind to Birmingham, uh, or sorry, to Charleston. Shouldn't you have like some little sound that you have on your podcast? Beep, like, beep, 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 oh beep, yeah, beep, beep. scoring alert. I, I could probably edit like, that in. We're not, hey, Coach. We're not. <laughs> I don't know what kind of show you think we run here. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. We're recording on a phone. Like, that is not. true. This is not. This is not the bastion of high tech right here. But yeah, you got uh, Charleston has gone up. Andy, I've heard you yell. Like you should just yell. You should just like we're not even gonna record it for dig now. Dig down on. deep into those lungs and yell yeah. something and we'll know that you know there's a goal event scored in the USL championship playoffs. I love it. If you give a if you give a a, a Lance McGarvey style goal call the next time. I don't like, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna copy Lance. Who would copy I agree. It's I a mean, tough pretend like, like you're like yelling that. at me when I walk by Scouse's house at the end <laughs> of the game. Oh, I don't I even know what that. you're yelling, but it's insanity. That's it. Oh, all right. I just want you all to feel our love. That's it. Uh, we do, and I definitely appreciate it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Except usually I'm walking with Tosh, and you're usually yelling something about Hulk. him. Hulk. Hulk. Yeah, yeah Hulk. you're usually yelling Hulk. So. Uh, the key to me in this portion of the conversation will be to talk about uh, some players that maybe gave unexpected style performances this year. Yeah. I brought up Magnus and the big goal scoring, and I think if I did my math right, and I usually don't, uh, I think it was 14 separate goal scorers this year, which is a huge That's number massive. of goal scorers. Uh, and you mentioned how some of those goals were at key moments, and maybe not from huge goal scorers. I think of uh, Alexi getting the second one in this game yeah. against Swope a couple of weeks ago. And I, in particular, I think of Paolo getting the screamer against Indy, which I think was his only goal of the year, but it gets you a road draw in so a far. brutally difficult game. So far. So far. In the regular season. Right. Uh, and so I'm wondering, who did we get performances from that surprised you this year, Coach? All right, let me go back a little bit to talk about Magnus. Okay. Because um, I think Magnus was a player that we knew was capable of replacing Ilya in that, you know, role for our team specifically, and we knew that. So, you know, I think there was some frustration out there that we hadn't really replaced Ilya or his goal-scoring ability, but knowing the quality player that we had in Magnus and that he had come off a, a year when he you know, was injured, at least when I got here and played limited minutes, it's, it's not, you don't need to be good at anything to look at Magnus on a soccer field and know that he is a really good player and has the ability to do what he's done this year. So while from the outside it might be a surprise, that, that was not a surprise to us internally. I would say staff and players knew that that Magnus was the guy to fill you know those big shoes uh, of, of Ilya leaving. Uh, then the other guys that I would kind of point out is who we might not thought have had a bigger role. Chris Hubbard has to be the first one. Absolutely, oh, Diesel. Yeah. Diesel. Diesel. Killed. Did it. we talk about why his name? Yes. Okay. On the show, did we talk about it? I think we did the last time we had the uh, coach okay. on. I believe that, I didn't know uh, that's if it was where we got while the explanation. We I didn't give it away, right? <laughs> I mean, we know why he's called Diesel. You were the one who told us. I just didn't know if you told us on the podcast or if... Or privately. I don't know either. Honestly, I can't remember if we were recording or not. Let's move on. Let's yeah, just in case. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah just, just in case. Um, anyway, it's a great story, but... Unbelievable under wraps. So, um, <laughs> an unbelievable season from him. He comes into the year uh, having to expect a, uh, from the outside anyway, and obviously the internal decisions about who plays goalkeeper and who gets ranked where are difficult. But uh, Dobro comes in as the guy who everybody on the team knew. All the fans knew. Everyone's familiar with Tim. He was the presumptive favorite amongst the outside world to be our uh, starting goalkeeper. He starts the first game, has a rough one, and uh, then we see Ben Lute come on and have an amazing start to his season. Uh, the German Berlin Wall was great for a number of weeks and then just couldn't seem to stay healthy. We had some goalkeeper flux with uh, a couple of uh, guys we had to bring in on trials and guys who got some sort of emergency minutes that was never part of the plan. And uh, when Hubbard gets fully healthy and gets back to the club, he just took the job and never gave it up. Yeah. Andy agrees. That's why he's the best color man in the business. I don't like to brag. 
it was uh, it was fun to watch it happen. I, I think that uh, we had talked last year with some of the guys about how impressive he had been in some of the training sessions, uh, despite the fact that Greg had been the keeper, uh, the first string keeper, and that Dobro essentially was the second keeper all year last year, but that Hubbard had really impressed a lot of people before getting injured last year. And then uh, to see him come out and just say, this is my job, it was exciting. Uh, did you did you see anything in practice that said, this guy's gonna be incredible, I'm not worried about it at all? Or was it sort of like, well, this, this guy shines bright. Look, we need to write a book about the goalkeeping saga that has been loose city this year. And uh, you can't make any of the shit that's in that book up. You just can't. Um, it's too crazy. The, the point is, though, that Chris Hubbard had an opportunity. And he had, had an opportunity specifically because Ben Lunt was hurt, um, Tim was hurt, and he got his shot. And once he got his shot... He literally played so well and, you know, grew right before our eyes um, that, that he hasn't given up that, that spot since. Um, I would say that I give Tim a ton of credit because he is one of the best teammates and pros that I've coached. And he is, you know, he wants to be the number one and he wants to, to be in there playing. Um, but his contribution and his support of of Chris throughout this whole, you know, season has been amazing, and and Ben has been the same. You know, uh, unfortunately he did get hurt, and it's been a little bit of a saga with that. Uh, but that those three guys and their work with with Scott Budnick, uh, and Scott's done an unbelievable job with them, uh, is really impressive because they they lean on each other in a huge way. They they work so hard collectively, and they support each other, and that. That has allowed Chris to really be successful, um, given the chance that he's been given, and, and obviously Chris has played well, and, and has grown immensely. And we continue to think that he he has a lot more to to grow, and, and will be better for years to come. What was just out of curiosity? What was the final word on on Ben? Like what? There was a lot of like, well, Cincinnati, and uh, well, this, and his ankle, and the, like what happened? Like what happened? Again, it's a, it's a book, all right? Um, and there's some saga and there's some drama, but long story short, um, you got to give a yell, Andy. Come on, Andy. No? What? <laughs> He's the worst. Your job is to yell, Andy. Goal! When there's a goal, there's well, you just goal scored fine. in the North Carolina-Birmingham game. It's level in the uh, 35th minute 1-1 one, one, as Birmingham equalizes. is just watching the other matches. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, but all told, the, uh, the, the, Chris Hubbard, the Chris Hubbard story is just such a great one. Regardless of all the outside and sideways drama of the other goalkeepers, if all you said was local kid makes good, dominates yeah, USL season for uh, defending champions, that's a pretty good story all by itself. Right. And I think it's accurate. Let me go back to Ben. Oh, to sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. The ben goal got quick. me distracted. Okay, it was, yeah. Yeah. I'll get you back on track. Um, ben has had two surgeries, and in both those surgeries on his ankle, he's had basically little pieces removed from the capsule within the, the ankle joint that were literally impinging his movement and catching so that his foot would get locked in a in a certain position before that little piece would move within the joint. And sounds horrible. Long story short, the saga is that it took two surgeries Oof. to do. And you know, from the very first we haven't had him back into a position where he was healthy and ready to play. You know, we still hope that he's gonna be back and available to us before the end of the year. But at the same time, you know, we've had such good uh, performance by Chris, and Tim has been outstanding in a supporting role in every possible way. That you know, that's just been a blessing for our team. Yeah. And they know that they've got me available if it comes to that, which I think has got to yeah. put a lot of minds at, at minds at ease. I would literally pay money to see you practice. You with would have the other to. You would have to pay would quite a bit of money to watch to see that. It. It's not pretty. I'll tell you that. Um, the uh, the guy we talked about last week when we're talking about surprise performers, um, we had a long conversation on our pod last week about how impressed we were with Napo Matsoso and about how in a just and reasonable world, 
he would be in conversation for USL Team of the Year. That he uh, has had that kind of impact on this team and uh, that kind of quality of performance. And unfortunately, the goal scoring didn't come until a little late in the season, and yeah. some people only see that when it comes to uh, making those decisions. But that Napo Matsoso thrust into a role with uh, Paolo's injury and then with the numerous call-ups that Speedy's had to the Jamaican national team. Uh, Napo has played all three central midfield roles for us and played out wide, I think, one night Yep. Uh, and has done everything well. He's played with a huge motor. He's made great passing. He's had great decision-making. Yep. Uh, it's been... Uh, honestly, a complete revelation seeing him play this year. When we knew he was practicing with the team, but we didn't see him for a minute in last season, he comes out this year, and he's not only been a completely serviceable and useful midfielder, he's been a star, a damn oh, yeah. star. And uh, we talked last week about how we wish we could start a really good campaign to get him some end-of-the-year honors for how well he's played. Also, he is a sweetheart. <laughs> he's He is a sweetheart. He is a sweetheart. I feel like it's worth mentioning. He's, he's a... Look, I, I can't say enough about Napa. You guys have already said it. Um, last year when I got a call um, from Tabani, just give me a heads up that he was available um, and looking for a team. You know, we invited him out and basically let him train with us on a trial. I, I was immediately struck with his potential. And he is, for all the things that the fans and you guys are seeing now, I mean, that's... That was evident the first time we, we had him on the field with us. Um, he has obviously grown and developed and so proud of, of the way that he has gone about that. Um, but so happy, too, that he has contributed in the way that he has to our team because we needed him. And in a time where we were, you know, back against the wall, faced with a lot of adversity, you know, Napo not only came on and took his opportunity, similar to Chris, um, but took it so well that you know he has not really relinquished that spot at all and has gone on to to really be one of our our most important players so really happy for him i think it's a good story i think it's it also speaks about our team and just the idea that when you are in training and you compete on a daily basis yeah. you're going to get better you know this group and the way they hold each other accountable is excellent um, and when you perform on a consistent basis in training the way Napo did when he gets his name put on that team sheet as a starter there's not any player who looks around and he's like oh that's coach giving a guy you know an no Napo earned every bit of it so um, it's a great story um, but he also had, you know, I think had the potential to do what he's done um, a long time ago. I tease him all the time about being the best player in Kentucky Wildcat history and that he was this goal-scoring phenom at UK. And why haven't I seen that while he's at Luke Go! 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 Give me more details, Andy. No. You, <laughs> I, you gave me one job and I did it. Okay. Ottawa. Ottawa. Ottawa equalizes, so we've got two one-one games going on. Seriously, here. is that the best dress coach? Is that in the I was league? I was literally Jeez. about to ask what the results were. I know you were nominated. What was, who won it? How did, did I lose guy to that guy? Oh, he looks like a jabroni. Unacceptable. I mean, that's he looks not like even a jabroni. No, that's a that's not a good coat. I'm sorry. Sorry, it's not a good it's coat. Uh, I'm probably gonna get some pushback from that comment. <laughs> I'll fight somebody. I will fight somebody. <laughs> We've got 1-1 one, one in both games, and they are both in the 41st minute. So, Barn burners. Uh, yeah, they, Barn they're going to come right down to the wire. So playoffs. Um, I was going to say that I'm curious injuries this year. We know we all know that we had injuries to Ben Lunt. We had injuries to Taylor. I mean, uh, to goodness, I just called him Taylor. To Tim. Uh, Taylor's Tim, been injured, Taylor too. Taylor got hurt. Yeah. Uh, and we've also had injuries across the rest of the field. We, you see Paolo go down for extended periods of time this year. He's only just now come back to show that he can play a full 90. Uh, we had injuries across the top as Luke gets hurt again this year. Brian has another injury this season. Uh, we've had missed games from basically everybody on the pitch at some point for some knock or another. Uh, where are we going into the playoffs? Is everybody feeling, is essentially everybody feeling fit and available? 
Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think we're, and we have been for, for several weeks now, as healthy as we could possibly be, given the fact that we work as hard as we do. When you play a sport like, like ours, you're going to, you run a, the, the risk of being on that very razor thin edge of being the fittest you can possibly be and close to being hurt, you know, close to being injured. And that's just a reality. Um, I think our, our training staff, headed by uh, Scott Ritter, has done a t- tremendous job. We're going to miss you, Scott. We are going to miss you. We're Not Scott really, going. but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. I just gave him a compliment. It's, it's, I'm sarcastic. I'm Understood. sorry. But um, he has done a really good job making sure that we're healthy at the right time of the year. And with Paulo coming back and getting match minutes under his legs in the, in the recent weeks, we're in a really good position right now as far as our health. And, and again, that's exactly what we want to be. We want to be at our best this time of year, and we're giving ourselves a good chance to do that. Do we have a general idea of what our lineup looks like, like what you're running out? I th- yeah, I think we do. Yeah. I think you guys probably do too. Um, no, I, well, we would never want to speculate in front of, you know, the coach. But. Oh, I want, to, I want to speculate. I want to speculate. Two of the guys that I would speculate about are guys that we're, we've grown familiar with over the past couple of years, but that had sort of shuffled in and out of the lineup uh, with playing time increasing and decreasing for the last uh, year and a half. And, uh, but when both of them come into the lineup about two, month, about two and a half months ago, uh, Things seem to really stabilize, especially on the defensive side, as uh, Sean Tosh moves back into a center back position and Pat McMahon moves out onto the right uh, opposite uh, Oscar. Uh, it felt like that once that happened, it sort of said, okay, this is solidified a back line where we have just a lot of really good pieces and finding that exact combination that uh, just sort of took a little while to fall into place. Yeah, I would say that I was pretty much the biggest dumbass around by not Whoa. playing Pat Whoa. McMahon earlier in the year. Um, it's his hair. He's growing his hair back. It's the seed of his power. Now, look, Pat, when we talk about players Uh-oh. that are Uh-oh. really good pros, Pat has been the guy since, I mean, he's just, he does everything in his power to show up every day and be ready for whatever role he's given by coaching staff. Um, And it took us a while to really give him that chance. In fact, it was literally the fact that we had this transfer saga with Akil Watts and it led to Pat getting a start and we have not lost a game when Pat started since then. Oh yeah. Play so that's how that's how impressive Pat has been in his performance, and I think there's no you know there's no guy more deserving in our locker room of that than Pat. One of our um, favorites. Oh yeah. So uh, I hope that continues. Uh, yeah. To be the case as we go through the next four games. Yeah, it's been really fun watching him play, and I guess I specifically bring uh, Pat and Sean back up because they both have, in the recent past, missed some time for injury. Are they, they're both fully fit, ready to go? Yeah, Sean took a really uh, tough bruise to his foot. Um, I mean, his foot blew up like a balloon after the Nashville game. He couldn't even walk, uh, and thus he didn't play the next game, and that was tough for us at the start of the Swope Park game, obviously. but he's healthy, and, and like Pat, you know, that stability of our back line. I, I feel like we have four, you know, excellent central defenders, but our, our best partnership right now has been, for sure, Tosh and Paco. Yeah. So we've been out without Paco the last two games. You know, Why so has that been, Coach? For some reason, <laughs> for some reason, and I don't know why, Paco gets an occasional yellow card, so um, he's had, I think he might have set a league record for for yellow card accumulation. He makes, his situation makes the argument for the refs having it out for him. I'm just saying. Can I ask you a question? There have been a lot of really bad ones. Do USL league officials listen to this podcast? I'm certain that they do not. All right, then I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to call out the fact that 
I absolutely think the offici- officiating in our league has targeted Paco for, right? like it for feels being, like. you know, and it, it's unjust. It really is. Two-time USL and, Defensive uh, Player of the Year, my fat behind. He's, he's really he's talk, taking some really difficult, uh, really difficult yellows this year. Yeah, it's been you know not to say that he doesn't play hard and on some of the tackles that he's made he's deserved it and he, but but there are so many moments that I thought yeah. he was unjustly, you know, given a yellow card and Here? that is infuriating because on a lot of levels. I mean, I can talk about officiating in this league for a long time, so don't get me started. Uh, but, like, the fact that this is one of the best defenders in the league, yeah. and I feel like the referees just, you know, any chance they had, they were throwing a, a card at him. And that's not that's not the way it should be to, to one of your better players, especially with knowledge that this guy is good, right. that this guy is important to our league. He's important to you know, the two-time defending champions. It's not how this is supposed to work. So, again, I could go on and on, but that, that one that one pisses me off there's, quite a bit. There's one uh, that sticks out in my head where you can hear, he got a yellow card because he put his arms up. It was right on the line, right on the line. And he had his arms up, and the guy ran basically ran into his hand. Yeah, and they flashed. You know what I'm talking about, and you can hear you. You can hear. You I believe hear that was. I believe TV that was the uh, saying the Enzo he can't Martinez. see behind him. I believe that was the Enzo Martinez. It, yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was because it was the same game that uh, one of them got thrown off for calling the, the other ref, Martinez. Um, yeah, the word that rhymes with runt. Right. I I, I really couldn't Supposedly. comment on that. Yeah, I really couldn't. Supposedly, comment on that. allegedly. There you go. We know he got sent off. Tough, tough year for the yellow cards for Paco. Uh, ends up missing, I believe now at the end here, four or five games for uh, for uh, yep. uh, accumulations and for one that was two yellows in a game and it turned into a red. It's, it's just real brutal. It's hard to get a rhythm for any kind of a back line when they're having to, when you, one of your true stars, one of your true stalwarts, uh, it can't play week after week after week. Uh, I know it was killing him too. I mean, it's a, that's a team guy who wants to be out there on the field. It just it just stinks. By the way, we should say happy birthday to Paco. He celebrated his birthday on Saturday. And to your point, um, you know, I think all the guys that texted called him on Saturday when we were in Memphis, and he was just gutted that he wasn't with us. You know, like we were all wishing him well, and all he said is, "Hey, I want to be there with you guys." Um, and he, to that point, you know, he is a team player and, and he cares about our team so much and the relationships he has with his teammates is, is really incredible. Um, so, you know, it, it was a happy birthday to Paco. And, and How old did he turn? He turned uh, 19. 19. We're very proud of him. Cool. <laughs> Super cool, guys. Uh, Real cool. He uh, he didn't actually want to be with the team. He said that, but uh, mostly he was just frustrated that by not getting to go on the Memphis trip, he was stuck doing a clinic with me and Mario, and uh, <laughs> so that's the only reason he was. In fairness, Paco is unbelievably generous with his time with the kids, also. So I mean, that wasn't it either. But uh, yeah, happy birthday! It's exciting. Yeah. I hope you went and got your uh, half-price smoothie or your Bogo smoothie. Which you get from Smoothie King on a uh, on a uh, player's birthday. Oh yeah, yeah. I took advantage of it twice this year. Thanks, guys. I love Smoothie King. I do too. Paco turned, turned twenty seven on Saturday. So. Twenty seven. Still sure very much in the prime of his playing career, and we hope that uh, that playing career continues on with us because it's been it's been pretty good so far. Uh, all right. He's 10 years younger than you. Yeah, he is. And is a professional athlete. Yeah, he is. Are you a professional anything? Not really. No. I'm I'm professional I'm, podcaster. I'm not getting paid for even, this at all. At all. <laughs> Hold on, I'll pay you. <laughs> I appreciate that. You pay us with I your time. I appreciate that. You pay us with your time. Uh, we had... Uh, there, now you're a pro. Hey, a whole uh, dollar, I am a pro. That's got to be like a conflict of interest, right? I mean, Not probably. Right. <laughs> we, uh, we actually had a technical... Our technical man, Kenny Allward, just walked by. The young, so, virile. Very handsome, <laughs> Kenny Allward. 
Kenny. Hey, Kenny. It's a rerun. Yeah. Saw it a little bit ago. We actually had a, uh, a technical issue with the pod this week with our website, and so everybody had to get it from Podbean instead of from the Scouse's oh, yeah. House website. And when that happened, I found out what the actual number of people listening to our podcast every week is. Five. It's kind of stunning. It turns out there are literally hundreds of people listening to us every week, and that is ridiculous. Hundreds of people. That is completely. That is so disappointing. Like, get a life. Yeah, I I have to get off now because I thought it was like eight to nine people. I thought it was too. The Hell, num- I might leave, honestly. The I numbers, can't take that kind The of numbers pressure. that I could see previously didn't indicate that we had that kind of uh, following. So it's uh, it's exciting. Um, all right, so let's let's zero back in on here. We were talking about Paco's yellow cards, mm-hmm. Paco's birthday, and uh, about maybe what we were going to have for Tampa. We wanted to make sure everybody was all healthy and ready to go. We finished the season. You finished winning or unbeaten in 13 of the final 14 games of the year. Feeling pretty good about where the team is playing. Uh, here's the toughest question I've got for you for the entire night. This is my toughest question. Five separate games this year, we, including the most recent game against Tampa, we took points into the final 10 minutes and came away with fewer points than we took into those final 10 minutes. Is there something that we can take away from the idea that our last 10 minutes uh, really made the difference between us finishing first or second and finishing fourth at the end of this season? That's my tough question. That was my hard hitter. Wow, I'll I'll throw one back at you. Um, Do you know the percentage in soccer in general, you guys can Google this if you want, of a team that goes down a goal and comes back down a goal to win or draw? No, I do not. I do not know the percentage. All right, so this is Scott Budnick and his research. He's a lawyer. I trust what he tells me. 12%. Okay. Is in soccer in general. I don't know whether that's professional or all, you know, but it's it's a low percentage. When you go down in a, in a soccer game. You usually the, stay down. The chance of you coming back to win or draw is very low, 12%. We went down 12 times this year. And in 12 games, we came back to win or draw. Well, that's so a much more glass-half-full kind yeah. of looking way of looking at this. Absolutely. <laughs> but my point is, is that, like, this year has been so irregular in so many ways that I'm absolutely choosing to look at a, at a statistic like that that is completely against every average statistically that you could think of to say... You know, it's not us giving away points at the end. It's us as a team. You know, think about how many times we've given up goals early in games. Yeah. We went through that stretch where it was like eight straight games. Think about how many times we've been down a goal at halftime and come back. And, And I'm proud of that. You know, and I'm not just proud of it. It's pretty amazing to yeah. be around and, and yeah. those stats so you know I'm flipping on you yeah. uh, but that's, and what that's I'm, a completely fair way of flipping it on me I, I think I guess that the easiest thing to say to that would be that it's it's just so much more memorable and painful when it happens against you than it is sort of memorable when it happens for you which is a sad thing about sports but you almost always it's easier to remember the pain than it is to remember the 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 happy moments yeah i try to think of it like this especially toward the end of the season i try to think especially especially after soul park you have to think about it in terms of i think sometimes how other teams perceive you and because it determines how they play right if you get into a season and teams start going up to you with the knowledge that look they might be down a goal going into the half, but they have a reputation for that, coming into the second half that's and turning enough. it into a shooting gallery. Like they come, they they come in the second half with thunder. Yeah, that's I mean, how I choose to look at. I mean, that's a that's that's a a good way to look at it, in my opinion, because we we ended up doing that a lot this year. Um, I don't think it discredits your point, Evan, that we gave up too many goals late in games. And, and specifically against Tampa, our upcoming opponent, you know, the two goals that we gave up were completely unacceptable. Um, 
I can't mention what Mayor Fisher said to me on the, the Tuesday, I think the Monday after the Tampa game, because um, it wouldn't be fit for the podcast. But it was words that were... Uh, he was very much that way very, when he was on the podcast. Very, he was just cursing the whole time. Very emotional to, like, what happened, hack? And, uh, you know, we that's been part of our Achilles heel this year. We have done that, and we... We need to fix that. We haven't fixed that clearly because we, we have given up goals late. You know, the only game we've lost in uh, the 14 that you mentioned is Nashville, you know, in extra time on a, a ridiculous, innocuous, you know, free kick from 70 yards away from our goal. And we lost, you know, we gave up the chance to, to get a point there. So we've had a ton of those, too many this year. Um, all I can say is that I, I really like the way that our team responds to that because we try to go back and, and learn from it and eliminate it. We're not getting it right um, all the time, but, but the fact that we're trying and, and our guys are doing it, um, I really think speaks volumes. The, the other thing that I would say is, and this is not an excuse, it's just a part of what you know really I believe which now the team has to believe, our staff has to believe, is how I want the game to be played. And we play a very aggressive style. We play a very attacking style. We build out of the back, you know. We play through numerical disadvantages. And that means we take risk. And when you're taking risk, you're gonna, you know, unfortunately, you know, have some hard moments. And I mentioned it on the very first podcast, I believe I said that I thought we were going to win games four to three sometimes. We've had a couple of those, and we won eight to three. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that was more fun. Yeah, but my point is that I mean I think we leave ourselves vulnerable to that, and that you know especially as we go toward and we have been in the the recent two and a half months, we've been more pragmatic about our approach, um, and we need to be the same way in the, the playoffs because there is no points for style. Um, although I'm, I am definitely bullish on, on this is who we are and this is how we want to play. Love that. Yeah. All right. So talking specifically about Tampa a little bit now. One of the the moves, the move of the season, is uh, about a third of the way through. We uh, we trade out forwards with Tampa Bay, the team we're now playing in the playoffs. You, uh, you send Lucky Kosana to, uh, to Tampa, and in return we get Antoine Hopeno. And I think, uh, I'm not even asking for a judgment about this trade, because I think that at this point the trade is spoken for itself. I think that Blue City fans are Absolutely. thrilled with what we've gotten from Antoine, and I think Tampa fans are thrilled with what they've gotten out of Lucky. And I think it was exactly the right kind of trade for both teams. They both got something that made them better than what they were before they had that trade. Great. You got to defend against Lucky now, who got a goal against us in that last couple of minutes in the last game. Lucky Kosana, what challenges does he present uniquely as a offensive threat? I think when you you talk about Lucky, you know we brought him here for a specific reason, feeling like he was one of those players that could, you know, help us uh, score goals this year, and he did that when he was here. Um, but we also recognize that we needed a little bit of a different player um, because it wasn't just going to be one guy scoring goals. And Antoine has given us that uh, ability, especially to have both sides of our field be very dangerous. Um, and so, yes, we think it's been positive for us. Um, you know, I don't know whether Lucky will play on Saturday night. I would assume that he does at some point. And I would uh, think it would be crazy if our team did not defend him on his near post runs. I think he's one of the best players in this league. He's been this way his whole career. I mean, he's, so for my money, he's the best guy at making timely runs to the near post and just getting that, you know, little bit in front of the defender and getting a flick on and, and scoring a goal that way. He did it for us. He's doing it for Tampa. He did it to us in the last game, um, and that stung. You know, it doesn't feel good in that regard. So, how much? Did, how many times did he score when he was with us? 
Like, how many goals did he have with us? I think he got four with us and five with Tampa this year. I think that's the numbers. I think he finished with nine. I think it was four and five. And in both cases, never as the primary target or goal scorer, both times as a sort of a secondary goal scorer. And that's that's good numbers. That's good production. Yeah, he's a really good player. It's, you know, I've known that for a long time. Um, and, and I'm happy for him on a personal level. Um, I absolutely don't want him to do anything good on Saturday night. <laughs> Same. Um, but he's a great person. You know, he's a wonderful person, really. Uh, he was excellent to, to coach and be around in my second stint uh, having that uh, opportunity. So I wish him nothing but the best except Saturday. I hope he stinks. And, and I don't get to make these decisions because uh, Hack won't let me. But uh, I'd make that trade again, time and time again. I think it gave us a lot yeah. of what we needed this year. I, yeah. I, and I think Antoine is uh, is due for a really big playoffs. I think that we've Absolutely. seen in the in playoffs past the impact Brian Ownby has had. We talk regularly about playoff Ownby. And I think that this could be a twin terrors kind of a scenario throughout this postseason of uh, oh, Brian yeah. and Antoine just giving people nightmares. I love seeing the two of them up front. Love it. Yeah. He's one of the only people it seems like who can keep up with him. He, yeah, Antoine's Antoine's a handful. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I laugh. He's a very effective handful. <laughs> he is. He is. He just causes a lot of problems. Um, and when you cause problems for an opponent, you know, I told him coming off the the Memphis game, I didn't think he played that well. He self-proclaimed, said, "Coach, I was not good." However, coach, I scored the game-winning goal. <laughs> he did do that. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Well, you, you did do scoop. that. Yeah, oh, you, you did. You, you do that. Um, so, you know, I, I hope he he has uh, contributes the way that that we expect him to. But you know, again, I'm probably biased on this. Uh, I'm glad to hear you guys say that the fans think, you know, in retrospect that that was a good trade. I know there was a lot of heat um, on that move. There were some grumblings, but. Then he scored the Nashville game, and it was like, oh. The Nashville no, goal earned him a lot, of, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of leeway. All right, we're good. Yeah, if you're thinking that I wasn't a little relieved at that moment, um, you know. That was a, that was a fun one. Uh, all right, talking even more specifically about Tampa, they have got pieces beyond Lucky Kosala to be worried about. I think the second leading goal scorer in the league this year. Gonzati. Uh, Gonzati comes from Tampa. Uh, Leo Fernandez has given people uh, a, a real tough time throughout the year. I think he's third in the league in chances created. He's uh, a special player. Andrew Tanari is, uh, is consistently an annoying player to play against. I think that's the best way I can phrase it is he's an annoying player to play against. Uh, they've got a really nice keeper in McCarthy. It's a, it's a good team. It's a, it's a tough team. They had a bit of a swoon towards the end of the year, but easily could have finished first or second where they sat for most of the year. Uh, what are you expecting this game to look like, Coach? Well, I think it it's an odd game to be the first round of the playoffs because of, of Tampa's quality, because of our quality. Um, you know, it feels more like a conference final. It does. Yeah. It absolutely does. And, and from that perspective, it's a very tricky game for us because we have one of the best teams in the East, you know, over the, the course of a long season. And, you know, the, it was a for every club in this conference, it's been a tough, tough season. And you just battle and you fight. And for Tampa, you know, they were in first for, I think, more weeks than any team in the East, and yet they finished behind us in fifth. So, you know, it's it's going to be a tough game no matter what. I'm, uh, I think, humbly confident that we're going to be, you know, at our best. And I'm thinking, you know, every soccer god out there that we're playing at Slugger, on, on oh, yeah. we'll have you two and the other you know, 11,998 actually... people yelling for us because that's that's huge. This actually works out really well for me because I've missed the last regular season game. At what? I know. I missed it. What? I was, I was sick. That's no point. excuse. You got to come to a game. Coach, How sick? Let me give you a little explanation. Coach, coach, I shit the bed. Oh, jeez. <laughs> coach, literally. Literally. <laughs> 
I literally woke up with a little poop oh, underneath no. me. Oh dear. At four o'clock in the morning, and so now I have to wake my pregnant wife up. Right, your to wife get up is and, pregnant. And so she's. Did you blame it on her? Says, I totally would have. I can't do that to a pregnant woman. I can't do that. She woke up. She was like, "What's wrong?" And I told her what happened. And I felt like the little kid who had an accident. You were I'm just standing her there at this point, it. Donald ducking it, right? Like I had took off my my boxers, and so I'm just standing with a shirt, just Donald ducking it. I had to explain to my wife what happened. That's how sick I was. Okay, but we right. watched the All game. Right. Now I take back every bad <laughs> thought I had about you, Andy. And I feel really bad that you just had to divulge to the <laughs> to the, to the hundreds, the hun yeah. several hundred. I'm married with a kid on the way. I have no shame. It's, it's that's over. good. That's good. Uh, so you do get a chance to catch another, another yeah. uh, potential final game Very at Slugger. Very cool. I'm not even calling it a potential final game at Slugger anymore. Everybody that I talked to was so emotional about that game and about the last game at Slugger. Yeah. And oh my gosh, it's crazy. And the whole time I was kind of like, you know, I'm not really sure. I, I feel. I thought we were coming back no matter what. And uh, then lo and behold, we we do. And now everybody's saying this one. Hey, this is probably the last. Ah. I, the thing about the East is anybody can beat anybody. And to me, that means that if we're going to keep playing, there's a perfectly good chance you could uh, get a home game. And yeah. the only two teams that would get home field against us from the West if we were to get there are Phoenix and Reno. And so chances are perfectly solid that if you keep winning games, you might see another game of Slugger. So we got to go win games is what we're saying. And uh, with that being said... I've heard that a couple times this week. I've heard, I imagine you have. <laughs> I've heard press conferences what? where it was announced that way. Andy, putting you on the spot. Okay. You're in front of coach. Oh, no. What will the final score in this game be? 2-0. Good guess. 2-0. So you think that we get uh, revenge on the last oh, yeah. one, and in that last 10 minutes, you shut it down. Kenny Allward likes it. Yes, finish the game. All right, who do you Hawks have? Oxmoor Toyota. Yeah, Oxmoor Toyota. Got to get getting their words in. Uh, Kenny, I need a new car. Hey, if, Kenny, thanks for that van you loaned us, by the way. No problem, we appreciate if, it. If you haven't uh, watched the video of uh, Oxmoor Toyota speaking with uh, with Coach Hack, you should go online and find it. You can find it on Oxmoor yeah. Toyota's Facebook on, and on Scouse House Facebook. Hey, by the way, like Kenny's got to stand behind whatever goal we're attacking on Saturday because apparently he's the key to us banging in goals right and left. I've heard that about him. So the funny thing was, so Gabriella, who's our social spokesperson, if you got to meet Gabriella a couple of times, we got done with the interview with you. And uh, she goes, man, coach was like really intense. <laughs> I could like tell when he walked up that he needed just like a little bit of space. So we love to see it from the team. It was intense out on the pitch. We saw that. We saw uh, somebody take a little bit of a knock back up we saw a trainer take a little bit of a knock as well during it so nobody's safe on our practice field it's not nobody's safe i wanted to back our vehicles up like about 30 <laughs> feet. i'm like guys we should get these cars out of here whose insurance is this on but yeah if you can go watch uh watch hack and uh kenny on facebook either at uh Oxmoor toyota or at scouse's house um so you got two nil. I got two nothing. Give man. me. You got to give me both goal scores. Both? It's a playoff game. You got to give me both. Uh. Can I can I leave for a split second because I I think this jinxes my. Oh yeah, get out of here. Get out of here. No, I'm just gonna leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you talk and then do I'll it. Right for real, I got two nothing. All right, we do. And who you got? Uh, I think Hopano. Okay, Antoine. I think Hopano because. Um, the prospect of scoring against his against the last team he was on in the playoffs is just too sweet. Okay. It's too delicious. Yeah. Um, and somebody, you know what? Oscar Paco. Love it. Are, are you Love it. Are you He's done. done. That's it. He's locked done. it in. All right, I'm back. Uh, I'm back. I, I think that's good. I've got I've got three two. That's all I'll say about that. Okay. I've got, you I've think got it's three two. Be Shootout. I think there's going to be some goals scored in this game. I've got 3-2. Good guys. We march on. And I've got, as a secondary prediction, the weird feeling that we do not go to Pittsburgh. That's what I'm saying. I agree with that. I'm saying I, right now. I have that feeling. I think that Pittsburgh, while a great team and a uh, They'll play the winner of... They will play anybody but North Carolina. Okay. 
from these. And uh, Pittsburgh, well, a great team, and Bob Lilly, a great coach. I think that they are built for the long haul of a regular season more than they are built for the intense knockdown, drag-out nature of, a, uh, of the playoffs. And so that's all I'll say is I think uh, we do not go to Pittsburgh. But I've been wrong before, and uh, if we're going to Pittsburgh, you can bet I'll be there. I would okay. love that. All right, so we've got our predictions out of the way. Oh, and I forgot to mention the USL discipline report came out today, and because Paco had uh, sat out the last two games, he wasn't on it, which felt really great. Yeah. Uh, but one Tampa Bay player was. Uh, Malik Johnson shows up on the uh, on the uh, disciplinary report. He's a regular starter for them, not an every time starter for them, but he's played in 29 of their 34 games this year. He's third on the team in chances created, second in assists, fifth in goals. This is a real player, and uh, he's not available for uh, Tampa, which I consider a break. Uh, coach, uh, you never want to root for players not to play. But uh, how do you think that Malik Johnson being out for this game changes the way Tampa will play you? I think it's really interesting what they're going to do. And um, I would assume that that means they bring Sean Barry on um, to replace him, a uh, player who played for me in, in the under-17 residency program, um, the guy that got the assist to Lucky in the second goal. Yeah. Um, so they're a deep team. You know, they have so much quality. Well, yeah. I do think it'll make a, a difference. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I know that they have enough depth like us that it's going to be a, whoever we, we face is going to be a, a formidable challenge. One of uh, uh, Andy and I's best and oldest friends walked yeah. up during the middle of uh, that answer. And uh, Steve Cawthorn, who knows nothing about no, soccer, absolutely not. like zero me, about impressive. soccer. But one of our very oldest and dearest friends, who's here for a, a little shindig we're throwing for Andy tonight yeah. uh, for the baby being born. Um, with that being said, we'll probably start moving towards a close here. Yeah. A because we got to get Coach home to bed. Uh, B because we've talked about uh, Tampa. We've talked about uh, 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 the season as a whole. Andy, do you have any other real impressions of uh, what this season has meant in the grand scheme of Blue City fandom? I asked him the broadest question possible earlier. I'm asking you the broadest question possible now. Uh, it was a dramatic season. Okay. Which is not anything we're not used to. We only had one coach all year. That was nice. That was, yeah, that's good. <laughs> so far. That was so good. far. So far. <laughs> No, um, I think this is, it's not par for the course, but, you know, if anything, we have our, the culture that the team has, the quality that the team has, is a, I can't imagine any other team surviving, for lack of a better word, um, some of the stuff that we've been through. I just can't. And, you know, the strongest swords are forged in the hottest fires. And I think we are the, the example of that. That's so, great. That's a, such a good... See what I did there? You're so deep. I'm impressed with that answer. You're so I'm deep. impressed with it. Uh, Andy, do you have a... Uh, I made my playoff prediction earlier in, the, uh, earlier in the year. I stand by it. Do you have a prediction for how the season finishes for the club? We're now to the playoffs. You sure, know, I got to leave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um... I think we can do it again. Andy's got us winning. I really title. do. I love that. I, I love really, that. really that's do. That's exciting. There's, there's just this thing in my gut. Okay. That's like, hey. We're gonna do, do you remember? Legitimately, coaches walked away to make sure he's not yeah, over right here. No, this. No, I like no, that. This is an actual thing. That's remember it. when Niall, when we had him on, and I asked him, was there ever a point when you thought to yourself, we're going to do it again? And he was like, absolutely. Yeah. Then that's how you feel. You yeah. you are our Nile McCabe. Yes, I love it. We're, we got it that's locked. It. We got it. it locked. Look, uh, so I'm superstitious as hell about certain stuff, and I hate listening to predictions. Okay. And, and it it like Kevin Kernan earlier this year before we played Bethlehem Special Steel, K. Special K says to me before the game, you know, you've never lost to these guys, and I was like. What the hell Shut did the you hell just up. say? <laughs> like you cannot tell me that. That's that's just bad. Unacceptable. So unacceptable. 
Um, look at all these the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the folks are right arriving. Now. The folks are arriving. <laughs> we're going to let. We're gonna yeah, let we're, on. we're on. Andy Oost, uh, official hey, backup yo. co-host, uh, is here with us now. Jared Englert, official whipping Sorry. boy of Scouse's yes, House, sir. is here yeah. now. Um, Poster boy for Scouse's House. Also, and for, the airport. And for Louisville City. Yeah. When you walk through the airport and you see Lou City, that's the man you're that's seeing it. right there. That's, that's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. I, I've seen that a couple times already. So. Like I know somebody that works. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine who. Uh, we are gonna we're gonna wrap up here. Yeah, let's, let's we're, it's getting enough, away from us. Taking enough of coaches. I want to say again for the third time this year, coach, that we super appreciate it. We'll bug you during the off season, which I hope is still many many weeks away. We wish you the best of luck uh, with the playoffs, and we'll say that uh, everybody here is going to be watching with uh, thorough interest. Thank you, Evan. Thank you, Andy. You guys are great. All right. We only ever know one way to end any of our podcasts, and that is by saying a very simple, very firm. Go City!